Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Scratching the Itch, Biologic Breakthroughs in Prurigo Nodularis. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an independent medical education grant from Sanofi and Regeneron Pharmaceuticals. Hello, my name is Brian Kim, Professor of Dermatology at Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. The current program is aimed at understanding how biologics fulfill unmet needs in patients with nodularis. Using clinical data on these therapies, both approved and emerging, we will then effectively integrate this new knowledge into the treatment regimen and paradigm. Let's begin by looking at the unmet needs in these patients. The prevalence of PN in the United States is approximately 87,000. I personally believe it's much greater than that. PN occurs most commonly among middle-aged adults or older adults aged 50 to 65, and lack of disease awareness exists among both patients and providers throughout. There have been no approved therapies for PN until the last year. Paragonodularis is a poorly understood disease. It is defined by the presence of intensely itchy, hyperkeratotic, excoriated nodules or papules in the arms, legs, and the trunk, typically symmetric in distribution. The underlying cause is unknown, although it is associated with a whole host of comorbidities, including chronic kidney disease, type 2 diabetes, and HIV infection, to name a few. It has a tremendous impact on quality of life. It impacts people's activities in terms of clothing that patients have to wear can actually impact and make them much itchier. This in turn can impact their work. They have trouble sleeping. Itch is a major indicator in the quality of one's sleep as well as quality of life. And this in turn impacts relationships. And you have this vicious cycle of many different aspects of quality of life being impacted as a result of uh, having paragonodularis. In terms of the pathogenesis of paragonodularis, both neural and immunologic mechanisms play a role in its pathogenesis, and this is well appreciated. We think it is somewhat complicated from the standpoint that it starts with itching in the skin. This results in the desire to scratch or rub or pick in a particular way that's evoked in paragonodularis that results in a whole host of immunologic processes we broadly define as a type 2 immune response, resulting in elevation of a whole host of factors, enzymes, growth factors, and perhaps most pertinent currently, cytokines such as IL-4, IL-13, and IL-31. These factors actually directly stimulate the sensory nervous system and activate a whole host of different processes, most importantly, but also neural hyperplasia and this results in further desire to scratch the skin, resulting in the vicious itch-scratch cycle that underlies paragonodularis and manifests as the lesions that we see. Now, let's look at the data available for these approved and emerging biologics for patients with PN. Let's talk about biologic therapies that target paragonodularis. There are a number that are emerging, and there's one that's approved. The approved one is dupilumab, which blocks IL-4 and 13 at the receptor level. So it antagonizes IL-4 receptor alpha. But there's also another drug called nemalizumab that blocks another cytokine called IL-31 that also acts like a neurotransmitter on the sensory nerve by way of the IL-31 receptor, which combines with the oncostatin M receptor. 
Well, there's another drug called vixarilumab that blocks the oncostatin M receptor, so it effectively disrupts IL-31 pathway as well, also in development. And finally, there are CKIT inhibitors such as CDX0159 that blocks the CKIT receptor on mast cells, which have also been implicated in pyrigot nodularis pathogenesis, as well as the itch. In terms of dupilumab as a PN treatment, it's actually been shown in both itch as well as the overall global disease improvement that there is significant improvement starting at week 12, but then definitive improvement and very substantial improvement by week 24 of the worst itch numerical rating scale itch score improvement of greater than or equal to four, which is defined as a clinically meaningful improvement, as well as reduction of the investigator global assessment scale to zero or one. And so what we find is that by week 24, there's very significant and substantial improvement in itch and overall disease severity. What we glean from the nemalizumab trials, again, which blocks the IL-31 receptor, we see a significant change compared to placebo from baseline in the weekly peak numerical rating scale itch score over time out to week 18. And then vixarilumab, which is another emerging treatment, blocks IL-31 by way of the oncostatin M receptor. We see significant improvement in the worst itch numerical rating scale, both in terms of the mean change as well as the median change over time out to eight weeks. So there are a number of emerging treatments. There's one approved treatment in dupilumab, and there's a lot more likely coming down the pike terms of disrupting the pathogenesis of PN. Now let's look at the safety profiles of these options. In terms of safety, one of the great things about blocking the type 2 immune response, including cytokines such as IL-4, IL-13, and IL-31, is that this arm of the immune system is not particularly important in terms of protective immunity to things like viruses and bacteria. So it's a very, very safe panel of pathways to actually block in patients. This is one thing that we've learned particularly with our experience with dupilumab in atopic dermatitis. Having said that, these drugs like dupilumab are very safe, but we have seen post-market as many, many, many more patients get the drug, for instance, with dupilumab is the conjunctivitis. Notwithstanding that, the Liberty trial for dupilumab for paragonodularis did not demonstrate much in the way of major safety signals at all in the paragonodularis trial. There were numerically greater events of, for instance, herpes viral infections, as well as conjunctivitis, which I mentioned earlier. These are not major safety signals. However, much is to be learned as dupilumab is used post-market in pregnodulitis as well, as we learned from atopic dermatitis. In terms of nemalizumab, again, very good safety profile. And the only things that were really observed in the trial were more GI events, including symptoms such as abdominal pain or diarrhea. Vixarilumab in the PN trials, again, very safe, uh, very little in the way of adverse events. Numerically, the category of skin disorders demonstrated slightly higher events in the vixarilumab, but overall, in terms of infections, it was actually lower than the placebo group. Overall, this is a class of drugs that will likely have quite a bit of a safety margin, which is very good for our patients and will likely be a new entire class of drugs for paragonodularis, which we did not have available before in the near future. Let's bring all this together to see how we can select an appropriate treatment for our patient now.
Now let's look at the pharmacologic treatment ladder for paragonodularis. One thing to keep in mind is that traditionally all the treatments were off-label and the ladder is really a wide range of mechanisms of action that range from anti-inflammatory to neuromodulatory or even a combination of both. What I think this speaks to is that the therapies for PN have classically been very limited in terms of what they can do. And therefore, we essentially have tried to use anything that could potentially work. And these include things initially, such as UV therapy, topical steroids or calcineurin inhibitors, mostly anti-inflammatory agents. And as we go up the ladder, we use neuromodulators such as capsaicin, gabapentinoids, or even antidepressants. We also then use more traditional immunosuppressants with varying efficacy. And then we move into the newer therapies, such as dupilumab, as well as emerging potentially mu opioid receptor antagonists, as well as kappa opioid agonists that are in development. The evidence levels for these treatments are very, very limited. They're mostly based on experience, case series, case reports, not typically randomized clinical trials. Many of these therapeutics suffer from a number of side effects. Safety issues come with certainly any immunosuppressants. Infection is the main concern. Thalidomide is not a great drug for a number of reasons. Peripheral neuropathy, of course, the teratogenicity of it. So it's either low efficacy or high safety issues. So in my practice, despite the wide array of therapies, many of which I've used regularly in my patients, I found that a biologic treatment is generally the safest and most effective within the armamentarium that we do have. So now if we consider the fact that patients with PN have a number of comorbidities and the therapies are a wide-ranging group with a number of side effects, this makes treating these patients particularly challenging in light of the combination of side effects and the comorbidities. Let's now look at how to integrate a biologic treatment paradigm in the patients with paragonodularis. Challenges to treatment in PN include the following. Severe intensity of the itch, which can lead to a whole host of psychological morbidities. The chronic nature of the condition. It's essentially a condition that does not generally go away on its own. And therefore, the long duration of therapy required and the potential side effects of the various medications that have been used to treat PN. So what are some considerations when treating patients with PN? This includes a number of discussions with the patient, which includes advantages and disadvantages of the therapy, side effects, use of off-label medications, the length of the therapy, what they can expect in terms of slow or rapid improvement that may impact their adherence. Even with these biologics, it takes quite a long time for the lesions to go away, so the patients need to be aware of that. But also, a lot of times patients ask, do I still need to be on this? Is this curative? Will I have this forever? And I think we have to be managing the expectations that this actually is a chronic disease and they will likely have to be on these treatments very long term, even if the lesions improve dramatically. And in terms of managing the disease, what are some other things that we have to consider? The treatment actually requires breaking the itch scratch cycle, managing itching, but also helping to prevent patients from further damaging their skin through picking at particular lesions. And additionally, dealing with some of the psychological comorbidities, such as behavioral therapy if needed. One thing to consider and level set expectations is that complete improvement is very, very difficult. And treatment of residual disease may be necessary to continuously improve the overall quality of life of the patient. So it's important that we don't simply 
disconnect from the patients after they're treated on biologics, but that they do continue to follow up. And if they need adjunctive additional treatments, that they do get those treatments to manage the residual disease. Once the patients go on a biologic, I actually usually try to see them back monthly until I feel like they've reached a level improvement where their quality of life is tremendously impacted. After that, we can spread this out to two to three months. They're doing really well a year out. I'll spread this out to every six months. The earlier response will often be the itching. And then as you see them back in subsequent months, the lesions will start to improve a lot more. I think paragonodularis is a great example of a disease that went from one that many people didn't understand to suddenly a very safe and effective therapeutic being approved for the first time and then bringing patients out of the woodwork to the clinic because they have something that can actually help them in a very effective way. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.